Welcome to Leverage Women Podcast, where we equip, inspire, and connect women in the leadership that God has called them to. All right, welcome to our podcast. This is Krista Penner, and I'm here with Anne Miranda, and we are attempting to use Zoom to record a podcast for you. This is leveragewomen.com, and welcome to our podcast today, and welcome to you, Anne, all the way from South Surrey. I'm sitting in my house in Mission, uh, trying to make a sound room using pillows, just so we're all upfront about how this thing is looking these days. This is about adapting and improvising and overcoming, and that is what we're doing. So welcome, Anne. Hi, Krista. I'm really glad that we could do this. Yes, I am too. We're just going to launch into a few things that we're doing right now that are helping us as we navigate this new normal that we find ourselves in. So, Anne, I want you to tell us, like, when you got the news that you had to leave the office and set stuff up at your house and that your kids were going to be home, like, how did you manage all of this change as you looked at the ministry that you do and the leaders that you are inspiring and the places that you need to go? What happened last week? Yeah, I think that the initial, initial kind of reaction was what now? How do I plan for the next however long week, one week, two weeks, five weeks, eight weeks, this unknown and living in the tension of the unknown as um, a leader in ministry, as, as mom, as wife, all of that to go, okay, what now? And actually being able to discipline uh, myself in the first few days to just stop and be still to to process a, a little bit to go okay well this is a new normal that it's we're gonna have to live in the tension of not knowing what's next that kills me as a planner that just kills me I've got I had my calendar planned for a year or two um, and so just knowing that it's all on pause and what now and then how to navigate that with a family. Um, uh, my tendency isn't to feel anxious. I think, thankfully, the way that I'm wired is not to feel anxious, but I was feeling anxious because of the unknown and not wanting the kids to feel anxious and then wanting to come up with some kind of plan for uh, volunteers and people that I'm, Latine, that I'm leading because now they have questions too. Yeah, it's challenging. I, I know that I'm glad to hear that you're combating the anxiety, but it's huge. I, I actually spiraled a bit on Sunday as I was getting stuff ready uh, for the day and we were going to sit down and watch a couple of live streaming services with our family and really mourning the loss of my parents not being with us. Uh, stuck in Abbotsford in their condominium alone because we were not going to take the chance of infecting them. And it hit me and I realized how those verses in Psalms about, uh, you know, God being our rock, a shelter in which we hide. And that, that picture of that David gives of hiding under the shadow of his wing, it became very real to me on Sunday as I really struggled with this, like, this is not going away. This wasn't just like super fun to have a few days to work at home last week. And now everything's going to get back to normal. It's like, this is the new normal. I actually finally set up a home office because sitting on the couch in my living room was giving me a backache. So I think that this reality has hit 
our leverage tribe. I think the women that we connect with that are part of what we do are all feeling this. And so today I thought it would be good if uh, you talk to us, Anne, about some of the things that you're doing to connect with your people, some of the creative ideas that you've heard about. And I've got a few things too that I think might be helpful. So tell us what you're doing to, to connect with your team. Right. So it was after that first couple of days of just putting the oxygen mask on myself and going, I got to take care of me and of the home front and all of that, that then I could shift and go, oh, how are we going to actually try to strategize something? And I realized that I was catapulted into learning a ton of new things that I had never explored. Some of them were on my to-do list and some of them I had just curiosity about, um, but I was on a sharp learning curve for the last two weeks about webinars and Zoom calls and online platforms and learning a ton about how that is effective to do ministry, primarily caring for the people um, that are under my leadership. And so the first, thing that, that seems really practical, but really um, elementary almost, and not sophisticated at all, was just phone calling people and going, hey, are you okay? Uh, how are you doing? How is your family doing? Um, not talking about anything on the to-do list, just how are you as an individual and giving some time for that. Sometimes that was done on a phone call. Sometimes that was done on a Zoom call because or a FaceTime call because folks were wanting to see each my eyeballs and I wanted to see their eyeballs. And so it was uh, really great to begin conversations there. And uh, then it has grown now into multiple people at the same time uh, being on calls. Something that I learned too, there was another app. I feel like during this podcast, I might uh, be... Uh, sharing some of those practical what I learned type of apps or programs that that I've been discovering but one of them is called Marco Polo and it's a way to text but instead of texting you're recording a video of yourself and it's a short message that you're recording for the other person and so it's like the game that kids play say Marco and the other one Polo and that kind of thing so it you can video text each other, uh, short clips, and that has been actually really helpful. And we've been using that as a staff team. Oh, that's really awesome to hear. I might have to try that. Um, did, did it kind of surprise you? I know it surprised me. It shouldn't have surprised me, but just the connection point of the phone call, I could not believe the positive response that I received as I called pastors across this province and just said, hey, how are you? How is your family? You know, talk to pastors who, one of our pastors, his daughter was stuck in Kathmandu and they were trying to get her home. And another pastor was in quarantine because uh, he was quite sick and they were worried that he had the, he had the virus. Just hearing somebody uh, on the phone. It's like you said, so elementary and yet so powerful. We almost forget that that old fashioned voice to voice connection is huge for us. And I think it's going to become bigger in the coming days that people need to have that, like you said, eyeball to eyeball, hearing each other kind of connection. So we're really saying to you as our leverage tribe, you need to be using these platforms to connect with people. Uh, because uh, they're lonely. People are 
full of anxiety and they need that connection. So what else, what else have you been doing? I think just to add on to that, when we are on those calls, or whether it's on a phone call or, or a face-to-face or a face call, um, the, the comments that I've been receiving are, it's nice to hear your voice or it's nice to just see you. I can't physically, like, I want to give you a hug or I want to, you know, hang on to your wrist or your hand or whatever, but it's just nice to see you and that you're thought of, you thought of me. And so I think that speaks volumes is super powerful. Um, another tool that I have been, basically the last two weeks is, is just learning from other people who do this very well. So if gathering is one of the resources that I've been looking at, Greg Groeschel with Global Leadership Summit and Christine Kane with Propel, those three platforms have been uh, the ones that I've been leaning on the most because they do the webinars and Zoom calls very well, as well as Katie Cole's Ministry Chicks. And so I've been on, on calls where there's been you know, six, seven people, a dozen people, or ones that are like thousands of people. So the ones that are, um, even with our staff, 50 people or under, the Zoom call has worked and you can get that for free. And uh, you can sign up and be a, a host. And if you haven't used that, it's really simple. There's even instructions right on the website. So it's zoom.com. And uh, I realized that there are many features on Zoom. So as the call is going on and you can see the various videos, there's chat chats that can happen as well. And uh, you can also, in our staff meeting, we did breakout sessions. So Zoom, you click a button and it can uh, randomly choose four to, to six people. You can choose how many you want in a group. And then that small group, we ended up praying together for about 15 minutes. And so there's these neat features, but I guess my message is really don't be afraid to learn. It feels overwhelming because there's so much information. And then you can ask yourself, well, is my content even, you know, important? I would say first start with your team, start with loving on your team and supporting your team uh, so that they know that they're cared for. Yeah, you know, one of the things that we looked at doing as a leverage team here uh, was sending out an email to you about what's happening. And we're realizing that you're really overwhelmed with all the emails that are coming into your inbox. I mean, for crying out loud, Williams and Sonoma is sending you information about the COVID-19 virus. Uh, everybody is in on that. So we didn't want to overwhelm you with that. We're going to be sending out an e-blast um, in the next couple of weeks just with some some content in it but really what we realized through this is that the kind of connection that we can have through this podcast the connection that you can have with your team by just giving them a call using zoom or using facebook live is so much more effective than sending an email so we just want to really encourage you with that and take this time right now to be doing exactly what ann was talking about you know how you get all those uh really great uh resources into your inbox and you file them on the sidebar of your of your email because you, you don't have time you don't have time to look at the podcast you don't have time to read the five uh you know key points to how to write a good email or craft a sermon or whatever it is take the time now to go through it and do some self-education uh, because you've got the time i can't believe how i've got two extra hours in my day just by not driving to the office 
That's amazing to me. So uh, Anne and I were talking before we came on this podcast about how, oh, yay, we can exercise. We have no excuse anymore. I mean, there's just some things you can do that are self-care for a leader that will inspire others to do the same and will actually get you ready for what's next. We don't know what's next, but you need to be ready for what's next. What else, Anne? What else have you, is on your radar today? Yeah, I would say also Kerry Newhoff has been such rich information. He's been doing this for a long, long time. He's got some documents. If that is the one, I've said this so many times, the one email that I follow like religiously. He's got great tips on how to, how to write emails. Actually, don't write emails is what he says. And to actually have the, the short conversations with people and how to do that well. And so that's a great resource I would highly recommend for folks. Um, I think in the rush and the anxiety for people to stockpile things, um, I, I re, we realize as a group of leaders that we're not just stockpiling like toilet paper and you know beans and what rice and whatever else. People are stockpiling this like anxiety in our soul. And one of the things that we've, uh, the priorities right now for me is just one class, put on one webinar class this month and not actually long-term plan. Test it, try it, do it really well, invest like 80% of my time in creating it. Uh, and developing leaders while doing it. So taking them along for the ride saying, hey, I'm learning this method, learn alongside with me. And so we're gonna be doing a first Peter study in April. And what I realize is that if I can, as a leader, stockpile the word and truth in my soul, then I can actually pass that on to someone else. If I'm believing in first Peter, it's like that first chapter and verse three is like, I believe in the living hope of the resurrected Christ. If I really believe in that, then I'm going to, it's going to, I'm going to let it sink into my soul and live that out. And so I can share that hope with someone else. So that's, that's what I'm really trying to focus on because my team can feel it. If I'm off, my team can feel it and it's okay to be vulnerable with them, but they're really looking for looking to, to, I guess, see that I've, that I'm really, I believe what I say I believe. You know, I think it's really important right now. So when I get up on a call, I actually, I do my hair, I do my makeup, I put on my, you know, my work clothes, all that kind of stuff. I sit before them and I'm like, Hey guys, we're, I'm vulnerable. I'm telling them where I'm at and what, how I'm feeling, but I'm, I'm always directing us to the living hope and to the actual, the word and the truth, because that's our anchor. I was like, everything else is fading away. There's everything else is everything that was um, solid and true for, for folks, whether it's their finances or their health and uh, their control. Everyone's have a, lo a loss of control. Well, the only thing that actually the, that will endure is his word. And so we're, we're faced with this harsh reality of, are we going to practice what we preach right now? Yeah, this really is one of those moments I always kind of refer to it as the intersection of my real life with my theology. And that is what we're dealing with right now. Do I really believe that Jesus is the living hope? Do I believe that he is sovereign over even the state of the world as we see it today? And when I say yes, then the next logical step is that that yes determines 
how my behavior is going to be moving forward. What is the outcome for me as I look at what my theology says about how I am to live? So I think that that's, that's crucial. And you're so right. Focus on one thing. I got up on last week. I had, I was home. I'm setting up a home office and the list of the, the, the list of stuff I had to do was massive. Like there were so many things to do, calling churches, uh, cleaning up the Google Drive. I mean, it's an it's a 25-year process, but now guess what? I get to start. But you kind of think you got to do it all in one day. And I think uh, Anne's advice is good. Focus in on one thing that you can do and that you can do well to serve the kingdom, to serve your people, and to bring glory to God in this. And see what God's going to grow up in you, what kind of strengths uh, that are going to come to the forefront as you're in this new reality uh, faced with uh, a different way of communicating with everyone. We're so used to the same old, same old way that we do ministry. And this has made everybody stop and recalibrate what's important. And I think what I'm seeing is I'm listening to churches. What's really important is people connection. People value each other more than they value the fancy program. That's what you see over and over again. So just as a word of encouragement to all of you, I was chatting with a woman today. She's just a real firecracker and she owns a business and she's had to lay off her staff She's also working on a Master's of Divinity, and that's where I kind of come into the program with her, um, and I'm part of her mentor team. And she was telling me that she was away. Uh, flights were canceled all over the place. She came home. She's in a two-week uh, quarantine in her house because she was abroad. She gets home and realizes that the people that she connects with consistently are full of anxiety. And she gets on Facebook Live and she says, I couldn't believe it, Krista, but there were a thousand people on my Facebook Live. And so I want that to encourage us as leaders that she didn't know what she was doing. She's no expert, but she just did it. And then she's got prayer meetings happening through Zoom with people and they have been impactful. So I think the bottom line with all of this is figure out one or two things that you can do well and then just practice and do them and see what God will do as you just take that step forward in, in what he's called you to. Yeah, I, I love that. I love that she just used whatever resource she knew how she took a risk. She's like, well, you know, one person shows up. That's great. What? A thousand? It just seems like there's just such a broad global reach when we do things like that. There's other friends of mine that have uh, actually Jacqueline Widener, who we've had on the podcast in the past. Uh, her podcast is Ready to Thrive. And she's got some tools there for moms and how you can walk through this with your kids and some really great resources. Um, our other friends that are local who have been doing like food drives and putting food um, hampers together for, for folks with City Dream Center. They have been working so hard. These are resources that we need to know about, I think, in our community and then learn from each other. Yeah, I heard about a woman the other day that took her gift of photography and was going around and taking pictures of all her, of her friends in their doorways just as a way to encourage people and then posting them on Instagram. I thought that's, that was just a fun, thoughtful thing to do. Uh, and of course, right now, gas is so cheap. Why not? 
why not drive around? Because you, right. you can be quarantined in your car. But I thought that was a really cool thing to hear. And of course, just the connections that I've had with my neighbors. I can't believe how much we're talking to each other across the fence, so to speak. And that's been incredibly delightful and a reminder to me that I live in the middle of a mission field. There are people all around me who need love and care. So there's so many ways that we can serve. And, you know, kind of heralding back even to what Mark Clark said on Sunday, I tuned into the village um, podcast uh, in the, or the live streaming service in the morning on Sunday. And he talked about how this was a time for us to mobilize and not just sit back and watch Netflix and eat popcorn and stay isolated in our homes, but it was a time. And I think that's what I'm finding, Anne, is that this is more work than my everyday life was. Oh, absolutely. And I don't know if that's because my our brains are engaged in such a different level or if it's it's not about the one leader and that our work is placed on the shoulders of one person anymore. It's about really mobilizing each person as a believer in Christ, as the living stone that we're all part of the temple of God, we got to do something. And maybe before, because we've had our like church experience or work, we're working or looking forward to the Sunday experience where we gather, which is awesome. But we, we forgot that the first church didn't really get to do that. That the church that we are that we read about in the Bible didn't get to have these big, humongous, massive gatherings. Really, they were scattered. They were persecuted. They were suffering. And so, I actually um, this book fell off my bookshelf. I don't know if it was like an angel or the wind or what what happened, but it's called "The Practice of the Presence of God" by Brother Lawrence. And I had this book forever. I've just never read it, and it's super small and really um, thin. But I. I stumbled upon this book this morning when it's off my bookshelf. I'm like, what is this doing here? Anyways, I wanted to, to read you this just really brief paragraph because it talks about how he says he often calls men blind, complaining that we are too content with too little. God has infinite treasures to give us, he says. Why should we be satisfied with a brief moment of worship? With such meager devotion, we restrain the flow of God's abundant grace. If God can find a soul filled with a lively faith, he pours his grace into it, a torrent that having found an open channel gushes out exuberantly. But how often we stop this torrent by our lack of respect for it, and we mustn't restrain it any longer. I think it's time that really the church is experiencing as individuals, this torrent, this actual deep presence of God in our loneliness, in our isolation. And when we come together, it, this is going to be, uh, we're going to maybe appreciate it more, but it's actually going to cause us to live out our faith in different ways. We're really going to be the hands and feet and eyes and voice of God on this planet. That is really, really good. You know, it just reminds me of a passage that I read in Psalm 36 the other day, uh, and it comes from verse nine, and it says, for in you is the fountain of life. That's a part of the passage that we know well, but this really struck me. It says, in your light, do we see light? And it was such a reminder to me, uh, you know, here you are reading these ancient words of Brother Lawrence, understanding the scripture through his eyes. We open up the word of God and we hear it. And I was struck by this little, this little phrase, in your light, speaking of God's light, do we see light? And it's really through the lens of the scripture 
that we see the truth of the world around us. And it's where our theology actually abates our anxiety and our theology helps us to manage our fear. And it's our theology, it's the, in his light, in what we know out of the word of God, that we're able to see clearly what it is that we're to do. You know, we ask God for wisdom. And the wisdom that we need is right in the word of God, not because we actually have it jump off the page that it tells us what to do with COVID-19, but what jumps off the page is a philosophical underpinning for how we are to approach the trauma, the crisis, the trouble that happens in the world around us. How are we to help people with this? I, I heard a story just today about a little girl who wanted to take food to her violin teacher. And her violin teacher, an older gentleman, uh, was you know stuck at home. And so she took him some food. And the son of this older man was there and really chastised this little girl and said, well, you can't bring him anything because um, we're isolating him. And, and even though, yes, there are safe ways to get food to people and there are safe ways to interact with people, uh, he was just cutting everything off, everything off out of total fear. And, and I thought that really is a picture of what we are seeing right now in our culture. And so just that reminder that in his light, in his light, do we see light? In his light, do we really see the truth of what's happening around us? And it changes how we interact. So that really is a little bit of encouragement for you today. We're going to sign off here in a moment. And do you have any parting words of wisdom for our tribe today? I just want folks to know that they're not alone and that they can reach out. They can talk, we can talk to each other. They can reach out to either one of us. Uh, this leverage tribe is here for each other to learn from each other, to learn and support each other. Uh, just be together as we, as we navigate what this looks like for all of us. That's great. Well, thank you for joining us today. We look forward to connecting with you again soon. Take care.